going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generates podcast this week for the Travelers Championship. As usual, I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambly. Tyler, what is up, my friend? Number three down. It's a good one. We'll talk about it. Wyndham Clark got the job done, Kenny. But before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepicks.com. If you haven't yet done so, jump on over to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. Lots of stuff going on there. Picks, plays, all different ways. Check it out. Pricepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Kenny, what do you think, man? I don't know where what side you're going to be on. We got too many takes this week on the Twitter machine. Wyndham Clark getting the job done. Incredible. Emotion shown at the end. All that stuff we'll get into. But, you know, Rory, similar to St. Andrews, couldn't find a putt down the stretch. Hit almost every green, it felt like. All those factors. But... The weather, too easy. The course sucks. The course is amazing. We're fighting about everything on Twitter this week and in the golf space. What's your thoughts, man? Give me give me your take on this U.S. Open. I mean, the course itself, it wasn't my favorite. I mean, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a good course. Uh, I mean, they had some holes that were pretty shitty, like the first hole, the last hole. They weren't great, but there were some fun holes in between. Um, you know, it's we're just not used to it. We thought it would play a little bit more difficult. Uh, they, they had that marine layer. If, uh, if I say that one more time, I might shoot somebody. Uh, but, you know, that really did uh, keep the scoring, you know, pretty low uh, the first couple of days. And even now, uh, a bit as the tournament went on, it's just the fact that, you know, what was it, two 62s, a 63, some 64s, some 65. There's a lot of low scores that you just don't really see. And I don't know, there's probably like 30 guys, 25 to 30 guys under par um you know they finish under par you don't really see that that often either uh window great win for him um you know we talked about him he was like i think i said he was six in my model um last week i ended up not using him. i thought about it for a second um but i ended up not using him mostly because of his uh prior performances in majors uh but you know as he spoke he thought that the wells fargo was basically a major championship for him uh he had the biggest win of his career on a tough major course um so, you know, he felt like, you know, he had that experience already. And you know, he, he said he would play cocky, play ag- arrogant uh, out there. And he was. He was the only one with any balls uh, on Sunday. Uh, everyone else was just trying to have the leaders fall back to him. And it almost worked uh, for Rory. I, when it comes to Rory, um, maybe a little bit too conservative on, on Sunday. The thing is, you know, he was hitting a bunch of greens. Um, he just couldn't make anything. Most of his putts were from 20 to 30 feet. Um, he wasn't really getting it tight uh, with his approaches, but, you know, at a U.S. Open, 20, 30 feet, hitting that many greens, not the worst strategy in the world. Um, and, you know, you think if Wyndham is the guy in front of you, uh, a guy with that little amount of major contending experience, you would expect him to go down, and he did. Uh, a little bit, you know, um, Wyndham was having the the, the pull hookers uh, and not the fun kind, uh, you know, basically on, on Sunday, uh, you know, every miss he had was a pull hook, uh, but he was going for it, you know, and, and then his short game uh, had some miraculous up and downs uh, on that back nine and, you know, just to hang on. Um, and, and it was, it was a nice performance by him, but no one really, pressured him except himself if that makes any sense uh on sunday and that's a shame that roy was just a little bit too conservative uh i don't think that was like the worst strategy in the world 
I mean, like one or two of those putts falls, he wins this event. Um, but you know, there were some mistakes, and then that 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 14, uh, that cost him the tournament. He got the break, uh, he got the drop, but he couldn't get it up and down from there. Uh, and that that cost him right there. Uh, you know, I think he missed another three, four footer on eight, which was another par five. So he only went um so he went even par on the par fives. Uh, I think yesterday. So that's that. That's what that's what's going to kill him. You have to get that score, uh, score on those par fives. What do you think of the event? Yeah, where to start? I mean, first of all, the tournament itself. I actually want to go in reverse because we're on that topic. You just mentioned. I mean, I actually love what you said there. The part about Wyndham played to win, man. If you just watch that, he did, he was going down. If he went down, he was going down hard. Like he would have lost six to eight strokes if, if shit went bad. It just didn't. He was he played really good golf. He was dialed in, but he was not playing conservative he was playing to still win this thing he was pulling the clubs that look he's going out with a bang he's winning it by four or five in this case one or falling back it just like you said nobody could really make anything scheffler again could not make a putt down the stretch cost me bigly in the main round four tournament yesterday sixth and eighth place i had scheffler and ricky both up there 200k up top that cost me but scheffler could not make a thing ricky could not make a thing ricky was more of the quote-unquote choke than Rory for me the thing you said about Rory's strategy I think is so key though again it's I actually don't think it's a bad strategy at all because it's the U.S. Open you're hoping a guy like Wyndham makes that mistake but you know what could make a guy like Wyndham make that mistake is the crowds roaring for Rory if he puts it to five feet and plants I know it's golf but honestly you could see it a lot of those shots he was aiming the old Jack Nicklaus the old Tiger Woods type of strategy of just hit those fairways make your pars and move on hope that the other guy makes the mistake. It's a, it's a risk. You got to take it almost worked. He had a shot. He put the pressure on enough that Wyndham had to make it down the stretch. My take is just that, like you said, I still think if he had played more like Wyndham and just went after it, like try and put that ball in the cup instead of just landing it in the perfect placement spots, you, you got to try and win one. Of you you got to switch something up, man. Rory, every single time. And I know what people will say, St. Andrews, this one, it, if you play it a bunch more times. St. Andrews is different though. Because sure. it was like minus 20 or something, you know, and Sarah, like, what was it when he scored? Like mid teens on their par. Like, yeah. it was a lot of birdies. Uh, that's the difference. It's funny because, because everyone said he should have been more aggressive course. at the yeah. Open Championship. Which is here, funny because that's the second point. Go ahead. Yeah. Here, I don't mind. Here, I didn't mind. Go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. I, no, I, th- I think the strategy is fine. I just think it's funny that you say, you're not using that, but other people are saying it too that you, what you just said, well, I thought this was this course was so easy. Well, then there is birdies, but there wasn't. You're right. On Sunday, there wasn't. He was just doing what he could. There was not a lot of birdies to be found out there, especially on that back nine. And that's the point I think is more interesting. Look, I don't care. I'm the Canadian in the bunch, so I'll say anything. Like, it's an, it's for the U.S. Open, and well, it's supposed to be this way. That way, I'm a huge golf fan. You don't have to like the course. I understand why some didn't. You don't have to like how it played out on day one. I understand why some didn't. Bottom line, there was 18 guys actually under par, not, not 30. There was, oh, really? There was nine guys, three under or better. And if you watch the golf, like this is the most I watched all season glued from Thursday through Sunday, every single shot almost, like I was dialed in to this. The shots that guys like Ricky Fowler and Xander were making on this Thursday were incredible. I don't care. Yes, the course was playing a bit easier and all these factors, but man, go watch it. Rory had, like Ricky had a stretch where there was the average pup distance was from like 28 feet and he had three holes where the combined distance for his were 18 or something like it was just insane golf. Uh, Xander was popping in 43 footers and I, I still understand it. I hear where certain people are coming from on it and to each their own. I enjoy golf. I enjoyed the event. We got a great leaderboard down the stretch. 
the most boring part was just that, like you said, on Sunday, nobody could really make anything to make the juice, you know, where you were like, ah, this is exciting. This is going to happen. I, I honestly was not on the edge of my seat, even if a playoff was coming. It would have been, yes, extended golf. It would have been Rory in a playoff for a chance to get a major versus Wyndham Clark, who'd been playing great all week, etc. But, like, where was it? Scotty Cam ran out of holes. Cam Smith, I'll say. He was a guy. Ricky did not have it. Like, he just didn't. And he said it himself after. Just the way it goes, man. Golf is tough. Rom played, like, absolute garbage all weekend. T10. Like, it's just, it's, to me, that tells it, too, by the way. Just finalize my thoughts and kick it back to you. Scheffler did the same old thing. Looked like he should have won by 10 or probably could have and just third. Rom horrible to me. Like, from what I watched, at least. Again, you know, it's he's not horrible. It's John Rom, But T T10, it still played hard. These dudes, Rom, uh, Xander, um, Fleetwood, Scheffler, Rory, those guys that you find in the mix at these major championships, no matter what the course setup is, no matter what, no matter what it is, they're always up there. DJ, Colin Morikawa, these guys in majors continue to show up. Brooks, really bad. T17, one of the guys under par, one under, made a big birdie on 18 at the last. It still was tough, man. Like, it's still hard playing out there. The the course wasn't for everybody, and I get it, but I enjoyed it. I, I had a great week watching sure. it. I thought it was solid. We just move on to the next one. The Open will be exciting for me, too, but I don't know what else you have to add. I, I thought it was Yeah, I mean, the, stuff. The, the course is the course. Uh, you know, we haven't yeah. seen it ever. Uh, a lot of us were wrong about how difficult it was going to be playing, but not that wrong. I said, you know, five to ten under. You know, it was on the high end. I just didn't expect like 62s and 63s uh, and stuff like that because we did get a 63 on Sunday uh, with, with Fleetwood. I think the most important part of Wyndham Clark's win um, that people aren't really talking about was that birdie on Saturday on 18 to get into the final group to see what Rory and Scheffler. I mean, if you think about it, Ricky would have, if Ricky did this, it would have been amazing. You know, just to be in his type of situation, not having a win in almost five years, uh, to pull it off at a major, uh, being in the final group. You know, I, I expected both of those guys to fault him uh, a little bit. And our winner come from the Rory Scheffler uh, group or something like that is, is what I figured was going to happen. Uh, but the big thing that, that Wyndham had an advantage was he was able to see all of Ricky and Rory, uh, Scheffler and Rory shots. Um, in front of him, he knew how they were playing, um, he, you know, and, and he could see them on the greens, not that many big roars. There, And that's another thing, you know, like, yeah, the crowd not being there and you're not hearing like the humongous 25,000, 30, 40,000 people roars, you know, that, that you normally hear at a U.S. Open for a guy who hasn't been in that situation. Um, I think it was very, very nice to have that lack of crowd uh, there. And that's some bullshit with the members buying up like basically half the general admission tickets so people wouldn't come and fuck up their course. That's I, I, yeah. That to me would be was, the reason why I wouldn't go back. Um, it wouldn't that be was because the worst. of the that's course. Cut you off, but that actually was <coughs> the worst part. I mean, again, not like yeah. they gave them much to roar about. Like I said, if Rory had jammed it in a few times, a little bit closer, sure. But it, like you said, that, that definitely was one of the things that irked me a little bit about it, because yeah. it, I think that took some of the juice out of it for me, not the, whole the course, event. not the setup. I'll just like, where, where was it? It just felt like all yeah. weekend it wasn't there or all week yeah. really, but especially on the weekend when it matters most, I agree with you on that hundred percent. Yeah. I think that would be the main reason why I don't think it, I mean, it's scheduled for 2030 now, uh, right now. Uh, Absolutely. so I mean, you know, far away. uh, you, you think that's far away, but it's like as fat. I just heard, I was reading something, uh, 
on Twitter today about the um the bastard uh the battle of the bastards on Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. That was seven years ago today. Seven years ago. It felt like I watched it like two weeks ago. I just tired. Oh, what's up? You think we'll be doing the pod in 2039? You and I? I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> I I doubt it. Hey, if I'm alive, if I'm alive in 2039, yes, that was my next follow-up question. What might be the reason we're not doing the pod in 2039? Death. You know, basically that that would be uh the the biggest thing right there. That would be uh why it would happen. Because I, you know, I have to admit, the last couple of years I was like, yeah, how how much longer I'm gonna gonna do this? But I don't know. With with the designated events and this year, you know, it's been a lot of fun. I I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. But twenty thirty nine just seems, yeah, yeah, it's too far away. It's okay. too far away. <laughs> but um, yeah, and so so overall, I mean, it, it was a fun event. I mean, it's a new course. We get to see different types of courses. It wasn't the same old, same old at least uh, that we've seen uh, year in and year out for a U.S. Open. That's just you know narrow fairways, thick rough bomb it out there hit a wedge but yeah that's hard because the rough is five inches thick you know i mean that's i mean both both those types of courses when we saw uh this past weekend and the one i just spoke about they both have issues uh you know there's no like perfect course uh you know and so could it have could they try have made it a little bit more difficult because from what i heard on 18 on Wyndham's uh tee shot that the area that he landed in is normally rough is normally heavy rough um at that at that area where he landed his ball but they shaved it down to make it fairway uh for this event i don't know why uh that was an andy lack thing he told you if you follow andy um uh he was talking about that and so i i, I don't know I, I it was a fun event to watch the problem i have with it is the telecast and it's not necessarily the main telecast because that shit's never going to change because when it comes to major championships they 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 cater to the casuals. That's just the way it's going to be for the main broadcast. You're, it's never going to change. You're just going to see the most popular players in the last four groups, uh, and, and that's who you're going to see uh, play uh, on your TV on the main feed. The problem I have is the featured groups. Like, why make a featured group where you're going to see 85% of all their shots on the main feed? That doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the point of having the featured groups? If you're going to see 85%, I mean, you know, they have, you have 12 feet, 12 players. You can watch a day, uh, the first two days, six in the morning, six in the afternoon. Like, okay. The, the morning coverage is great because there's no TV on. So that's wonderful. Okay. Uh, but the afternoon coverage, like, why are you showing the guys that I'm going to be seeing on the main feed? Like I had the three TV set up main feed, two featured groups, but I'm just seeing the same shots from the featured groups that I'm seeing on my main TV. It, it, that seems like a redundant and it seems stupid. Um, that's one thing I would like to change. Uh, you know, uh, that's my gripe about the telecast. And, 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 you know, there's plenty of gripes about the telecast because that last hour and a half of coverage was really good. Like, like when there's no commercials and you just watch golfers playing golf for an hour and a half straight, that's how golf needs to be watched i think to actually have a true growth in fan base uh, because it, it, it's literally a different type of viewing experience it's it's, it's amazing you, you just flip from back you hear the caddies uh you, you get the analysis uh from 
the commentators amazing or horrible but so you know but the, but the thing is like at, at least you know there's like a big flow to everything it's smooth it's flow uh you know and, and it's it's fun to watch even if you didn't like golf like if you watch that last hour and a half no commercials you can enjoy it you can respect it but you know the other thing having a billion commercials i mean they, they have to i guess because it's the only way to make their money but there's got to be a way like like football like soccer right like have them have these these sponsors just you know just take our blocks and pay for our blocks you got like a lot of these sponsors are, are running like 20 of the same ads in the same telecast right so i'm just making an hour and just you know be like this is for sponsored by whatever in the last two minutes of every hour just have a two-minute commercial for that product i know that's what needs to change that's what really needs to change for the casuals to really get into it because that was a really great viewing experience without any commercials minus azinger you, you can't spell thomas without homa and the thomas cast if you put it together they were trying to get together on twitter they're having some wine they said he did get a little clip of max homa who predicted Wyndham Clark at exactly 10 under. I know it was already nine or 10 holes deep at that point, maybe even 12 holes, but still he called the exact result in the end. But either way, if they had that on there, Azinger was the worst I've ever heard him calling stuff. That was the opposite. And that's, that's just standard Azinger though. So not much yeah. you can do about it, but either way uh, I'm with you on the no commercial shout out Rolex yeah. getting the job done. <laughs> they, they took care of us for, for that matter. But yeah, not much else to say. The only other thing just, you, you said it there like this, even on the last day, even, 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 Three under, seven under, five over, two over, two over, two over, five under. That is the one nice thing about a course like this. And it was since day one. And again, uh, another guy, Michael Kim, been hot on these Twitter takes lately. He called it originally at 10 and a half before the tournament started. He did go change it. He amended it to eight and a half. But still, two guys beat that. Scheffler was seven under. After that's Rory at nine, Wyndham at 10. He said it would be 10 and a half in his original tweet. He said there'd be a 62 out there on Thursday. His wording was basically exactly what he said. There's there's a 62 to 64 out there tomorrow, and then we'll see how it goes. And after that, he predicted that score. So really, it played out exactly as a pro golfer who's won on the tour and has his own stuff in the past before sucking and winning and all that said that it would play out. And I love his stuff on Twitter. I, I like him a lot more there than in my DFS lineups usually. But in general, he's been playing hard this year. He's been playing all right this year. Yeah, he's fine. I'm just saying, you take, I, I you scooped him on my sample. season. I scooped yeah. him on my season long team. Yeah. Uh, I, I beat PGA Tout this week. He was in first place, so I, so I'm in second place. I'm playing with a bunch of guys like uh, uh, Andy Lack and Steve Shermer and Brian Kirshner and some other guys I'm in the league with. Um, and so I'm in second place in that <laughs> league. Uh, let's give Wyndham a little bit more credit before we move on. Um, for him to do what he did. It's not like he's young. It's not like he's new to the tour. He's been on the tour for like five, six years. He's always been a journeyman. We've always known him as a bomber who can putt. Uh, that's just been his thing. And his 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 Achilles heel has been his iron game. Um, and, and this year he's, you know, obviously made uh, a big strides uh, in, in trying to improve that iron game, which he did. So kudos to him because you don't really see that that often. Uh, a guy coming in almost 30 years old, been on the tour five six seven years and then he starts winning um that's not that's pretty rare 
Uh, you don't see that that often. So he had to have put his work in. So kudos uh, to Wyndham Clark. Great victory by him. Um, I, I blame myself and I blame Tim because once Tim had him as his gold pick, I, you know, then I was like, okay, I'm not even going to look at him anymore. <laughs> you know, and, and that is that's usually played off pretty well for like the last three or four years. Uh, this week, not so much. Anything else before we move on? Yeah. The club drill on 18 on Saturday. Was oh, my God. I was so sick. Yeah. That, that's so the last sick. thing to give him credit for. That was probably one of the nicest things he did. It all was week. so smooth. Like the one finger, just the zip, the one finger zip. Uh, that was nice. That, 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 that was some smooth shit. All right. So let's talk about our listener league, Campbell. Why don't we go? Why don't you talk about a listener league while I pull up the winner from last week? Yeah, sure. First of all, uh, shout out to DJ Nation. Appreciate you guys. All the support. We got 2,000. Filled. So our guy Beer's here. I did look back, Kenny. We lied to the people, but it's okay. I don't know the exact results of that one. But one time, we did have 2,500 for a Masters that you and I both forgot about. So we have got it higher. Did we fill it? I I can't go back and find the exact link to it. I just saw on Twitter and it wouldn't let me load it. So because it says this contest has already started, couldn't see the details. But that made me talk to my rep and be like, we got to get back to 2,500 for the open. Just get it to me earlier. And we, I promise we'll fill it. So fingers yeah. crossed. There's hope that we may tie. I'm going to ask for 2,501 actually, maybe 2,600 or just something to give us a little extra nudge. But uh, one thing I do want to apologize about that. It came out late. We still got it filled. Appreciate that. The apology would be more so for, there was some complaints about the structure. I didn't love it either. It gave a nice payout to first. It gave the 10% of first to 10th. But it only paid like 10 or 11, just to have over 10%. We usually like it to be 15% or more. Again, not much we can do when the link came out late. So we weren't going to hold back and say, by the way, can you fix this for us when we're already behind on what's a 2,000-person listener league? And if we want them to fill up and if we want them to get bigger in the future, the goal is always just fill that puppy up and see what happens. You play to win the game. Anyway, we play to ship it, as we say. So shout out to Beers here, who got the job done. Hit us up on Twitter today. Said Boomin. Guy just absolutely crushed the field. 529.5 to 487.5. Go ahead, Kenny. Uh, shout out to uh, Julio Nation, who last week destroyed both of us yeah. by like 100 points. He hit me up <laughs> in the Discord today, and I said, buddy, enjoy your cheeseburger money. Remember, I'm glad that's yeah. all it is because we got absolutely crushed. Yeah, we got, got smoked by Julio Nation. So Careful, though, because he said he's coming for head-to-heads. I said, I haven't played those in five-plus years, but you can get Kenny's. If you want, yeah. so I don't play head to heads either. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. So beers here, uh, with some type of emblem, looks like a golf course emblem, as his avatar. Uh, he had Rory, fifteen percent owned, of course, finished in second. Xander finished tenth, twenty three percent owned. Fleetwood with the sixty three on Sunday, finished in fifth, ten percent owned. <gasps> Ooh, excuse me, Bryson. Uh, who had an each way on and really screwed me on um on Sunday. Uh he's 13% owned. He finished in 20th. Fowler finished fifth, 20% owned, and Wyndham Clark, who was eleven percent owned. Uh, of course, he won the event. Tambo, what you think? Yeah, very, very solid lineup. Like you said, just looking at it, a couple guys 20% up when you talk about Fowler. Xander, I mean Fowler's 19.9, but he's in around that range. Couple guys in the mid tiers like uh, Bryson twelve point six, Roy fourteen point nine, and then two guys just under ten or right at around it. Right, you had Fleetwood at nine point eight, and then Wyndham at ten point seven. So close enough. They're good setup from a roster construction standpoint. Two nine Ks, four seven Ks. Which again, I think the starting 
was pretty standard. It was just, did, were they going to go to all these guys? And the chalk did have a bit of a better week, but it's interesting because he has this lineup. I can't look it up right now while we're recording, but somebody tagged me on Twitter and I just quote tweeted it out and said, the, they said they used the tidbits, which had like 19 guys in it or something, built a very simple lineup like this, put it all together. And they also shipped for $7,500 or something. And they said, that's, you know, I just used your tidbits and built a lineup that made sense. It had the gala instead of Bryson. And so I honestly think they were the same price. I actually think it's the same lineup. If we go look, cause this is Rory Xander Fleetwood, Bryson, Ricky Clark. I think they subs, they went with um, the gala over Deshambo for the same money and ended up getting the job done. So again, shout out yeah. to beers here. Solid. This would have finished. It would have finished fifth in the $5 Nice beers. Here's lineup. So really, really, really strong lineup yeah. uh, by him. Um, I was trying to think of something. I'll remember it later. Let's move on to the course uh, for this week. Uh, the PGA Tour moves to Cromwell, Connecticut for the Travelers Championship from TPC River Highlands. Field strong. Um, you know, I wouldn't worry too much about potential weariness after playing the U.S. Open, as there have been a few recent winners uh, who have performed well at the U.S. Open and have played well again at the Travelers. I mean, if you look at the last three years since it moved to the week after the U.S. Open, uh, the winners finished 14th at the U.S. Open third and fourth or something like that. Like all three of them finished top 15 uh, at the U S open, the guys who've won this event the last three years. So I wouldn't stress any U S open fatigue or anything like that this week. Um, I also wouldn't worry about golfers that have like missed a cut last week uh, at the U S open. I think four of the last 10 winners here missed a cut at the event prior uh, to this. Um, So, you know, that's how you go about I wouldn't worry too much about U S open results that much, except that they did well, they did well which, you know, a lot of my guys that I'm going at this week, you know, had really strong iron games last week, and I'll be king on that. Um, you know, normally this course doesn't just favor long hitters. There was a playoff in 2010 with, like, Bubba, Corey Pavin, and Scott Verplank, and Bubba's, like, one of the longest on tour. Verplank is, like, medium, and Corey Pavin is, like, one of the shortest golfers on tour. All three of them were in a playoff together at this course uh, in 2010, like Ken Duke fucking won this event. Uh, Russell Knox won. Chess Reeves won. You know, Jim Furyk shot a fucking 58 at this event, you know? So uh, you, know, you don't have to be long. Um, now, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, elite bombers out there, and we could see a lot more of them on top of the leaderboard just because their skill level is so high. Uh, this doesn't mean, of course, short hitters can't contend or even win, uh, you know, just with that list of players I just talked about uh, previously. Now, accuracy off the team, solid around the green game. That's probably going to be needed uh, but this week. But the most agreed, this is a, still a second-shot course. And looking at golfers that excel at approach shots should be the way to go. Um, if you're getting, if you're targeting longer hitters, I'd focus on golfers who are good from like 125 to 150 yards if you're looking at um average to shorter hitters i'd look at proximity from 150 to 175 um i'd also look strongly at green and regulation stats for both types of players um you know golfers with strong green and regulation stats coming into the event have had success here into the past um one other thing about this uh event is that most of the time the morning wave has an advantage due to softer conditions and smoother greens the heat can bake out the greens and the poa in the greens can make for a bumpy road in the afternoon uh this is something to think about you know first round leader showdown plays uh, a couple of trends going into this like i said four of the last 10 winners were coming off missed cuts um at seven of the last nine winners uh had posted at least a top 30 uh in a previous year at tpc river highlands prior to their win. 
Now let's get to the meat of the course here. Uh, TPC River Highlands, 6,850-yard par 70. Pete Dye redesigned course. I think Pete Dye redesigned this course in 1982. Uh, two par fives, four par threes. The par five, six is the longest of the two par fives, but will still be reachable by the big hitters. The par five, 13th, much shorter, and almost all the golfers will be able to reach in two. Uh, the par four, 15th, very short par four, under 300 yards. We're going to see some golfers uh, you know, try and reach the green on a tee shot there. All three of these holes have close to a 40% birdie percentage, birdie or better percentage. So if golfers par any of these three holes, they're going to be losing strokes to the field. Uh, as being a par 70 course, par four play, definitely going to be important with the preview, previous winners all doing well on the 48 par fours for the week. Uh, golfers will see um, average size fairways off the tee that get substantially more narrow after the 300-yard mark. Uh, bunkers and trees will be in play if they miss the short grass. These fairways are some of the easiest to hit on tour, as nearly 70% of all tee shots find the fairway. But as we saw with bubble winning, you know, a few years back, while only hitting 50% of the fairways, you can get away with missing the short grass, especially if you have length off the tee and aren't missing wildly. If golfers do miss a fairway, the first cut of rough, not too bad. Uh, and very playable. But the further the golfer misses the fairway by, uh, the thicker and taller the rough is going to get, like four to five inches at some point when you, you know, on those, the farther away you get from the fairway. Unlike other events, a tall, thick rough, uh, the greens at TPC River Highlands, usually a little bit more softer and receptive, so it won't be a total disaster if golfers miss the fairway. And since the course is so short, they should be hitting their approaches with a short iron anyways. Uh, the greens are slightly below average in size, except the long par threes. Uh, with a bit of slope and a lot of them are elevated and crowned along the edges. They are tiered as well. Uh, there is not too much undulation, though, on these greens, but they uh, usually put the pin in a place where there is some slope, so they don't have golfers shooting minus 30 for the week if conditions are soft. Uh, they also put pin locations in very close, close proximity to the edge of the green, so golfers can have tricky chip shots if they short side themselves. Uh, scrambling from the rough is actually pretty difficult here. At TPC River Highlands, it annually ranks in the top 10 hardest courses on tour when it comes to chipping from the rough. Um, even though the greens are small, nearly 67% of approach shots still find the green, uh, which is above the tour average. So even with the previous stat, I wouldn't put a ton of emphasis on short game. Uh, now, if golfers miss the green, they're going to have to deal with collection areas, thick rough water, and numerous bunkers. Uh, the greens use a Powell Bankgrass blend. Average in speed. Stim meter reading of a, somewhere in between 11 and 12. Water is in play on about a third of the holes, including a huge pond that surrounds holes 15, 16, and 17. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, you talked about a lot of the stats. I do, again, the Bubba thing is interesting, but I still weigh the fairway as an important stat here. I look at it from that perspective. And then also um, the 125, 175 range, you talk about the par four scoring, things like that, birdies. They're still out there. So, you know, basically all the same stuff. The difference is, like you say, with the designated event last year, obviously Xander came out, get the win. There's other guys that were here, but some of the situations last year were different too. Like Ricky was playing way worse. He misses the cut. Jason day, basically non-existent this time last year, he misses the cut. Now these guys are playing better. So be a lot to talk about it when we get into the tiers, but I think that's going to be the biggest factor. I like that you brought up um, the strategy piece for first round leaders. And for that, I think, again, it could still weigh in. We'll wait and see how the weather looks when we get closer, but PMAM can still have that advantage. I talked about it last week. It didn't play out fully because guys at the top made it through, but it's just a way to naturally get different in some cases. There ended up being a, a big wave advantage there just with some of the guys from the AM still came through and made it up the board. So it's the way it goes. But here, 
uh, like you said, if you can grind through that and then, you know, the afternoon is going to be tougher on day one, but if you get the morning a little bit lighter, get out there, make the cut, then find out what they do over the weekend. I never hate that strategy as well. So just a little bit of something for this week. Yeah, depending on the tee boxes, like seven to eight holes are going to be playing from 400 to 450 yards. So you can look at, you know, par four efficiency from that range. That'll be something else to maybe look at. But let's get to these tiers uh, for this for this uh, event. We got in the 10K range, my computer's not working. What do we have? Like Cantlay up to Scheffler, correct? Yeah, Cantlay, Xander, Rom, Rory, Scheffler is the order from the bottom up. How are you going about it this week, Tambo? Uh, right back to Scheffler. I know that much. This guy... Don't care coming off that again. It's just continuous. I think he's just in, we know in the zone he's in. I don't mean it like that. That's the obvious I'm saying, but I think it's just a matter. It's just, it is just a matter of time. Like he's just, he's not phased at all. I know people worried, oh, he's testing this new putter. He's checking things out before the tournament started and all that. At the end of the day, he's still doing the same thing. He's coming through the ball strikings on it. It's, you know, is what it is. I'm just playing him, finding ways to get different elsewhere. You could start with him. Uh, Rom going to continue to play him. He's another guy, like I said, just really didn't do much and still was right in the mix. I like him. And I actually like Cantlay over X. So that's kind of the three that I'm on up top. The Rory thing is interesting. It really has nothing to do with the result last week. Actually, I was just looking it up. If you go back and look, there's plenty of events where, you know, missed the cut at the Masters in 2021, goes out and wins the Wells Fargo his next time out. But it wasn't the next week. So it's little things like this you have to look at. But um, there was a couple others I was looking at anyway where it was, you know, second, then fifth or fifth and 19th just last year was the U S open leading into this one. So 19th, probably not going to cut it, but just in general, we've seen where Rory just, you know, takes his lumps and then moves on to the next one and can find his way up the board. So I wouldn't hate going to Rory in your tournaments, but I just think in general, it's the other three, but Scheffler, Rom, and a little bit of Cantlay. I'm really interested in the ownership uh, here. Do you think Rom could get squeezed? Definitely possible. Well, I don't know. I feel like Rory gets squeezed. I see. I don't know. I think Rory has a better, has probably the best course history out of the top three guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, he, he has a best top hit and he's coming off basically back to back runner ups. I know he like two weeks ago or last time, I don't know he finished runner up, but he was, you know, up there in the lead going into Sunday, basically back to back events. I mean, the guy is playing, I mean, yeah. it, it, it really well. Uh, I, I, I'm playing Scheffler because I agree with you. I think at some point in time, Scheffler is going to win an event by like five or six strokes. Just fucking demolish the field. Way he's playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like that's going to happen. Like, I wouldn't be pissed at people who just bet Scheffler for the rest of the season until he wins. Like, and make that your only bet of the week because he's going to pick off one, maybe two events. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't hate that play. I thought about it for a second today. Um, you know, I was like, should I just bet Scheffler again? You know, uh, I, that's not the way I'm going about it. But I'm going to play him at DFS because, like I said, at some point in time, and, and last week his putter was better. Um, he, he missed a lot of shorties towards the end of round, like in the middle of round four. Uh, and, and that's where, you know, a lot of people saw. And they keep thinking it's the same old Scheffler. But he gained strokes putting um, for the week. Uh, his ball striker just wasn't as good as it normally was. Still good, but not like from the visual eye test, you could see he was missing a lot of greens where he probably shouldn't have missed. Um, and so, you know, that wasn't there, but I, I but his putting was getting better. So at some point in time, all, all those are going to combine and he's going to win an event by five, six, seven strokes. People um, are playing Scheffler no matter what, but regardless yeah. of who gets squeezed there, I'm playing Rom. I can tell you that. Okay. Uh, I, I can't lay my cash game cornerstone. 
uh, at 10-2. Really good weekend uh, at the um, uh, at the U.S. Open. Freaking got, got me. We had a bet uh, on the E9 podcast this past week. Uh, Hovland, I had Hovland and Canley. I was, thought I was looking good. I thought Canley was going to miss a cut. You know, th- that's Canley's thing, right? He, he makes a cut on the number of the major and then just the weekend just gradually uh, goes up. But I, I think he's played this course a bunch. It's never really finished outside the top 15. So I think the floor is very high. And you know he has upside. Uh, it's Patrick Cantlay. So I'm going to go ahead and start with him. And I'm going to play Rory Aram. Um, If the ownership I see is even, I, I think I might just go Rom anyways. Because one big thing about what Rom said after his round on Sunday, it was his best round. He played well. Uh, he scored well. I think he shot 65, right? 64, or 65, 66, something like that in the final round. Uh, after the round, he said he found something in his ball striking. His ball striking had been a little bit off. Uh, and he said he said it clicked for him uh, on that Sunday. Uh, and so, you know, guys who, you know, of that ilk, of that talent, when they say that they found something, I, I tend to believe it. Uh, and so I, I, I think I'm going to have to go wrong. But, I mean, if Roy's 10% owned, I, I might have to switch it or I might have to play a four and then redo who I play in the 9K range. Uh, th- that could be something I do as well. Uh, so I, as of now, I'm playing Rom, uh, but we'll see when the, once the ownership comes out and how close they are. Because you know, if Rom's a lot more than Rory, then maybe I go Rory. Well, we'll have to see how that plays out. Let's move to the nine K range. Uh, my second cash game cornerstone. Um, let me. Re- I'm trying to remember who the fuck it was. I think it was Tommy Fleetwood, Fleetwood if I'm not Fleetwood. mistaken. Was it Fleetwood? All right. So yeah, I'm, I'm going Tommy. Um, you know, three straight, a couple, he should have won a few weeks ago. Uh, he had a 63, his second 63 ever, uh, at a U.S. Open, which is insane. Uh, the only human in the world to have two 63s at a U.S. Open. Um, and so, and I'm going with it. I mean, the iron game is fine. Uh, all his stats, uh, you know, are, are very, very good. He's really good on those 400 to 450 yard, uh, par fours, you know. Uh, so I'm going to go with Tommy. I like him. He's going to be my second cash game cornerstone. I really like Morikawa this week. Um, again, he flashed a little bit on Saturday, got up to like four under, uh, you know, four or five under uh, on Saturday before he fell back a little bit. Three three rounds in the 60s at a U.S. Open. I know it wasn't the hardest U.S. Open, but that's still um, something to go on. His iron game, of course, still the strongest part of his game. So I, I really like Morikawa uh, this week. I think he has a chance to break out of his slump uh, you know, and get another victory. I bet him at 25 to 1. I thought the number very, very fair, uh, 25 to 1. Um, so I'm going to go ahead. I, I like him a lot. Uh, and then I, I can't – I'm not sure who I'm going to play between Hatton um, – not Hatton, Hovland and Fina. Who do you like between those two, Tambo? probably Hovland just because going back to him, but uh, what one thing's for certain, a couple things actually is that, you know, going back to this range, you talked about the up top, you can make whatever case about Finau getting wins and Hovland winning recently in a big boy event and Fleetwood playing so good and Wyndham just winning the major. But the, to me, this range is not like the top. The top is Scotty, Rory, John Rom, Xander Cantlay. This is just, it is, you know, everyone has to be priced somewhere, but it does feel like quite the drop off. And even when we get to the 8k range, you'll almost be able to say it again because then it's almost, you know, then it's Homa, Thomas, Sungjae, Hideki, guys that will pop, but what do they do for you at these prices? So uh, that that is the one factor. Right now for me, just looking at it, 
I've got uh, I've got Hovland over Finau there, but you know Morikawa is the guy that popped to me. I think people are going to stick with Fleetwood for good reason. You talked about him in Canada, and then coming back out and getting the job done here. The ball striking on Sunday, obviously incredible. Rom was right up there with him. So was Jordan Smith, who was way down the board. Uh, you know, sixty six hundred in showdown yesterday. Most don't even know who he is. So uh, shout out our guy Baroff, his boy Jordan Smith came through with the second in boss in, in approach yesterday. But just going to this range, Morikawa. Pretty good for back spasms, Kenny. Four days wow. of gaining on approach. The last three, I think he got better each day or very good across the board. Uh, I think the first day was his worst day. So from there, pretty solid. Seems to be feeling better. He pops really heavily for me in this range. So Hovland, Morikawa, and then I'm going to stick with Ricky. See again how the ownership all shakes out. I don't know how heavy I'll be in here, but Ricky is another guy that just continues to play well. And he is an, another guy that also is in a pretty good place. You talked about Rom's quotes. And things he said after the round, Ricky just said he didn't have it on Sunday. He admitted it, but he also said Saturday night that he's been in bad places. Like he knows what it's like to be in a tough spot. Whatever happens, happens. I just don't think he's as phased by it as everyone. Again, does he want him in a major? Absolutely. He definitely does. So he's continuing to play in them. But like he said things on the weekend, like others would, would just have hung it up. Basically saying he was in that bad of a mental state that he's like, I think others would have hung up the, the game and just moved on. Like that's, Obviously, things were very, very bad, and we saw it on the course that it was bad and not going well. Uh, that was another you know, side joke here that just somebody brought up is that Smiley, literally right out of the, the league, like gone on TV, announcing for the U.S. Open or commentating for the U.S. Open. Ricky, completely downhill for years. Spieth, often, I mean, it was bad for a period, but he was still showing up at certain majors and at the Masters. And they, like, it was, we, were, we were saying that as we were doing shows, I remember, where I was like, well, Spieth at least still showed up at the places you might think he would, but overall very bad, came back out of it. Now, the fourth and final member of, of the old SBK, the spring break crew, the um, the guy, Justin Thomas, fell off. Man, it's been really bad, yeah. the majors, dude, all that so, stuff. Do you think we should change our theme song then? Because no. our theme song, our intro song, is from the spring break crew. Uh, 2016 SBK, uh, 2000, yeah. uh, 2016. What was it, like SB2K, when, I think it was, right? Spring yeah, SB2K 16 yeah. or something like that. Uh, that was when you know, all those guys, JT, Smiley Coffin, Spieth, and Fowler went to Bermuda, Bahamas, Come On Pretty Mama, Key Largo, Montego, Baby, Why Don't We Go? Some shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, they went somewhere out there, played golf, like, with no shoes on, and, and, and that um, Jordan Belfort song was, like, their their song for the week. Like, every time you, you saw an Instagram video or a Snapchat video uh, from them, that song was in the background. That's where we stole that song from. Uh, we actually got permission from the dudes to to use that as our intro song. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe we should change it. Everyone's fucking up. No, maybe I tell you this. It. I think there might be, like, you know, at least a couple thousand listens that come from just checking out the intro song and then moving on. Yeah, People right. love hearing know, it. Right. So, just move on after change, that. We can't yeah. change the intro song. But also, by the way, poor poor Smiley, not only out of the PGA and, and having to do commentary, but the talks of the other three, Thomas, Spieth, and Ricky, buying a former Premier League football team, if you will, soccer team in, in America. But, you know, saying it that way, Sp- Smiley got cut out of the deal. Maybe it's because he doesn't have the coin, I guess, too. Might be part of it, but. Speaking of soccer, we whooped y'all's ass yesterday. Go USA. Go <laughs> USA. The CONCACAF. The CONCACAF finals. Uh, um, I, I, we whooped up on the Canadians yesterday, so that that was nice. So uh, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be funny because when we go to the President's Cup next year, we're actually going to be rooting for the same people because 
I'm I'm team international, baby. That's the best. So, so, I can't wait. Yeah, I, I'm I'm team international, baby. I got to root my my Koreans on. I'm gonna go out there with like a traditional Korean like hanbok, which is like this Korean garb that's like silk and like shiny, and it looks like from like the 1800s with like a South Korean bandana and like a picture of Sungjae on my chest or some shit like that. Like that, that, that that's how that's how that's gonna work. All right, now we got Tom. Look pretty fucking good. We'll talk about him in a sec. Let's move on to this 8K, to this to this 9, uh, 8K range. My favorite play in the whole field, Hideki Matsuyama, uh, 8,600. Uh, the guy's gained 20 strokes of designs in the last four events, almost 30 strokes tee to green in his last four events. This guy, his iron play was immaculate last week, right? But he lost like six strokes putting. Um, and now he's going to POA, which is, you know, POA's, it's POA bent blend. But, you know, when it comes to POA, um, it is his best putting surface. Okay. The guy's been on fire with his irons. He'll be my highest stone. I bet him at 35 to 1. The way I'm going to go about my lineups now, after thinking about it a little bit more, is Hideki will be like 40, 45% on for me. And then I'll do 30, 30, 30 on Scheffler, Rory, Ron. And try and try and go with one of those three guys winning. Pair him up with Hideki, and then moving on from there. Uh, it's going to be a lot of my lineups. I think a lot of my Scheffler lineups will be Hideki, just because that's the way it's going to pan out with the highest price guy not being able to get into the 9K range a bit. So I, I'm guessing Scheffler Hideki will be my biggest, most popular two-man play uh, going in uh, to this week. I love him this week. I think he wins the event. Uh, I think um, – this is his week. I'm going with Hideki Matsuyama, my favorite play, my favorite bet, all my highest owned, all the marbles on deck uh, this week. Now, uh, my third cash game cornerstone, though, is not Decky. Uh, the only issue I have with Decky is no course history, really. I think he's played this course like, has he played this course before? I don't even know, like maybe once or twice. Um, they, uh, but course history is not really there. And this is a pretty heavy course history course i think it's like seventh uh most correlating between uh positive finish and course history but can we throw that seventh. out when you add the stronger field i know that's like last true. year was still exactly. solid but i'm saying can you yes. take it away from them some when that happens i think yes, that's yes. a thing that you can bring up so go ahead yes i agree but i i do like figula uh the guy just makes cuts he hasn't missed a cut since the fall it's been like 17 18 events in a row he's made the cut and then you know he has upside because he finished what second year last year, right? So give me high floor, high ceiling for cash every day. Now watch you miss the cut, but whatever. You know you you go into this thinking one way. Uh, you, you don't want to be too results oriented, but you know that's what the fuck this is about. Uh, but that's the way I feel. I feel like he's going to make the cut. He he a high floor, high upside play, just like Tommy, just like um. Uh, and that's that's what I'm gonna do for my cash. And my my last one in the 7K range is straight course history. So you guys probably know who that is already. All right. So um, uh, another guy I like I like Tom Kim. Uh, he, his life is it's back. It seems like he he had that smile. It seemed like he was enjoying himself. You saw he was on the featured group either Saturday or Sunday. Uh, I can't really remember. Oh, he was with Bryson. It was Bryson and. Uh, and Tom Kim in the featured group. And it was really fun watching that because you know, just two opposites trying to play the game. One guy hitting it like 380 yards. One guy just 
punching it out there like 280 uh, and playing it that way. But this course seems very, very well suited for Tom. I do like him. I got him at 50 to 1. Uh, so who do you like in this AK range? Well, that was the thing <laughs> off the top. Your, your segue was not as good as it should have been. This is all your Korean brethren. And here you got Sungjae, you got Tom, and you got Siwoo. This should be the Asian games calling them up and say, it's simple, boys. Two out of three, get in. Travelers results only. Have fun. Like, imagine how much fun that would be, just sitting there back. Well, here's the thing. Sungjae seems like he should fit this course, but he's playing like straight garbage. Yeah, I know. Uh, so that's tough. It's tough that he'll be he'll be super low on Isn't if you it want so to take crazy the risk. he's $100 more than Decky, And you know people are playing Decky after the stats of last week, how good he mm-hmm. sets up for this week, everything. And somehow it's going to be Sungjae. You can just already tell. Like, I don't know. I just feel that way about when you have these plays. It's just been playing the game a long time. It's not true. It just is how it feels sometimes. And I can see it for sure. I like a few of your calls here, though. I definitely like both the Kims at the bottom. I like Tom and Siwoo. I know it wasn't like the craziest week. What did Siwoo end up finishing? Like T17 or something? I thought he was still he up was there. He was up there the first couple of days. But after that, the I, beginning, I saw at least. I, I don't him, know. Yeah. I should have it here. I think 30, uh, maybe it was 39th, actually. It was, maybe it was worse than I thought. Yeah, it was 39th. He dropped back. But still, before that, I thought he was pretty good. Um, but then, yeah, the other point you made. So for me, like those two guys, Hideki, obviously like what you said there. Sungjae, I got a problem. And by the way, Sungjae, I'm not sure if you saw this. You'll you'll love this. This is old school as well. Willie Wilcox on the bag. On the bag. That's, that's good shit. That's good mojo right there, getting Willie Wilcox on the bag this week. I believe this week. And next, uh, next event out. So the next couple of weeks. And then Homa is a guy I would try on again, too. I think, again, he's at bad course history. I get that. I'm going to talk more on that one second. But just in general, the stats still should suit it. And this would be like a Homa thing to do as well, where doesn't come through at a major because he seemingly never does. And then just now comes back out at a uh, designated event with the elevated field and still shows up. And like, why can't he just do this? at the majors it's crazy so uh him and justin thomas making fun of their play jt by the way in this group plus 14 at the u.s open so uh not not his best week well, yeah, yeah jt's done for, no jt for me at homa yeah. i'm at the point where i play homa only at homa courses now this is not homa courses mystery straight cuts no homa for me okay um no no homa that's a good saying but but going back what i was gonna say about the course history uh last year no john rom no Victor Hovland, no Morikawa, no Fitzpatrick, no Homa. Yeah, but that should that should have made it fucking easier for him to make the goddamn cut. No, I mean, this isn't a Max right? Homa point. I'm, I'm arguing what everyone's saying about course history, course history. Like, no no Hideki, no Cam Young, no Lowry, no Tom Kim, no Adam Scott, no Henley. These guys are actually playing better now. Um, Corey Connors, Min Woo, like all this. The field definitely got stronger is all I'm saying. So it's like, and which is the obvious, but also when people say, oh, you still got to bake it in. It's the number one course history course. To me, it's not the same at all. Like it's totally different. It's I, I always talk about this. I don't think anyone else really talks about this enough. I know um, some other sites have brought it into play now. And you can get the stats on it, but I definitely think strength of field matters more than people ever consider it for like what they're playing up against. And people will say, Oh, that's obvious, but they don't factor it in at all when they're building their quote unquote models or talking about that stuff. And to me, that matters a heck of a lot more. So um, those are the guys in this range. Like I talked about the deckies, M, Tom, Kim, uh, Siwoo, and then maybe a little Max Homa, like we said at the top. But really, that's all I got for this range, Kenny. All right, so let's go down to the 7K, the higher 7K range. I like a lot of these guys. Uh, I guess my favorite, probably Minwoo. Uh, another guy, TPC-type course, you know, really, uh, that's not like an easy-ass TPC course. I mean, this course, I don't think it's gotten, you know, the winning score has been like mid-teens. Uh, you know, it hasn't gotten to like 20 in forever. 
Uh, so there, there is some teeth uh, here to this course. Uh, and, and so I really like uh, Min Wu because uh, you, you have to be able to shape your shots both ways again. Uh, lots of dog legs. Beat that course. Lots of dog legs. Uh, you know, he could get that driving iron and just, you know, hit every fairway. Uh, you know, I like Min Wu a lot uh, this week. Uh, the nice top 10 at the U.S. Open. I like Gary Woodland. The iron game is strong. Strong. Top 10 again uh, at the U.S. Open. Strokes game approach. Uh, you know, I like Gary on shorter courses. Uh, I know he's known to hit the ball longer, but I like him at shorter courses. I mean, when is U.S. Open? At a short pebble. Uh, you know, so, I, I, so give me give me some woodland here. I like Henley. I like Connors. I like English. Um, you know, all those guys. I mean, uh, my favorites, too, are going to be Minwoo and Gary Woodland, but I'm playing a bunch. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like the woodland call more. You talked about we've seen him in the past plenty where he clubs down quite well also. So you talk about that. If he just wants to put it out there into the fairway, then find a shot from there, that's, that's totally okay for this course. And so I think that one makes... A lot of sense. Henley is going to be popping everywhere because people are going to talk about him for the stat models. Uh, they're going to go down. The history is like 19, 32nd, 6th, and 11th with a miscut in there. So uh, I think he'll get a, a lot of conversation here. I like Connors. Denny McCarthy has played really well in these designated or, or elevated events. Yeah. So I think that that's somewhat interesting there. And then uh, my guy, right at 7,500, Steven Yeager, who little known fact, Kenny, uh, you talked about the Furic 58 here. The Furyk 58 came just hours after, I believe it was in Knoxville, that uh, that my guy Steven Yeager popped a 59 on the then web.com tour. He was blowing up on Twitter, getting his 15 minutes of fame back then. And all of a sudden, Furyk just comes out of nowhere and dunks on him with a 58 on the PGA Tour. I mean, that's short-lived 59 for you when a, when a legend like Jim, Jimmy Furyk comes through and puts up a 58. But we got to go back to our guy, Steven Yeager bombs here at 7,500. So those are just some of the guys in this range. The Min Woo piece is good because he's a, it goes with my strength of field conversation we just had. He's shown up in all the strong fields. That's why we liked him last week at 7,000. He didn't really get that much of a price bump for a guy that came through again and did his job again in a strong field at a tougher course. All these facts, again, people can say what they want about a course. It's tougher than most is what we'll say. Yeah. If it's better than most for certain things, well, this one's tougher than most yeah. last week. And so good for him, another great result. Him and Gary will be in my top six highest dome. There's no doubt about that. But my my final cash game cornerstone is actually at 7,500 as well. It's Brian Harmon, who at one point held the lead in the first round of the U.S. Open this past week and has finished top 10 in four of his last five times uh, at this course. I'm going pure course history uh, with form. Uh, I know he ended up finishing 43rd, but whatever. If Brian Harmon could play, he pit it out there 270 yards and – be able to compete and have the lead yeah. at the U.S. Open. Even the form is there, right? So I'm going to go him. So my, my cash game cornerstones for this week are going to be Cantley at 10-2. Um, Fleetwood is at, what, 9-3. The Gala at 8-3. And then um, um, Harmon at 7,500. It leaves you like 14-7 left to fill out the rest of your lineup. So those are my cash game cornerstones for the week. If you're going down below, uh, Aaron Rye uh, had a pretty good showing the last time he was out. I can never really get him right, uh, but the stats are popping for me uh, for him at this course uh, with his good play the last time out. So I'll play a little bit of Rye. Um, Austin Eckrode is going to be the darling. If he's like 20% owned, I might just go fade. But I, 
you know, I thought that last week would win the Clark and stuff, and that didn't work. So maybe I just play him anyways. But 7,000 chalk worries me, but I still bet him. Uh, 150 with eight eight spots each way because the guy's playing really really good golf. Uh, so I mean the only reason to fade would be ownership. Uh, so we'll see where that pans out as the week goes on. Uh, Christian Bazid, who really good in his last few few tournaments out. Uh, the last when you when you go to the last 12 rounds, uh, his stats don't really pop for the 50. But when you go to uh last 12, um, it seems to you know have a little bit more juice and a little bit more positivity uh, here recently when it comes down to it. So I like him. Um, other guys, did I say Grio? Grio, I think, makes sense. He's going to hit a lot of fairways. He's going to hit a lot of greens. Green regulation super important uh, at this course. So I do like uh, Grio. Um, and he's really, really good from 150 to 175. That's where a lot of his approaches are going to be since he's a little bit shorter of a golfer. Uh, and so he's like top five in the field in the last 50 rounds from 150 to 175. Uh, so I like Grio. Um, CT Pan, a little bit worried because he doesn't have his clubs. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, uh, his bags are somewhere, but not in, in Connecticut uh, at this point in time. Hopefully he gets it today or tomorrow, uh, get some practice rounds in. But he had a nice showing the last time out, TPC course. Uh, I'm a fan. Let's go a little bit of CT Pan. Ta- uh, Tamba, who do you like? Yeah, one thing I was going to ask you real quick before I did this bottom range was, you know, usually you'll give a fifth man no problem. You have Decky in there, right? No. So, like, Mm -hmm. I would just really find the $300 and get Thigala out for Decky. I like that. I like Decky better than Thigala. I know he came second here last year. and I I like both. I like both. Now, the problem I have with Cash is, you know, I I want to play like, I want Decky to be my highest zone. But if you're, even Uh, if, if you're willing to go like almost 50% Decky, just play him in your cash. 50%. 50% decky would be would be like oh, what, what, 250 it would only be like $125 of my 500 now if i used them in cash and did 50% decky that would be like $375 which is a lot i try not to go about $300 for one golf uh you know so so fantasy golf conservatives or fantasy golf degenerates which is yeah yeah no i know i but i mean i can't be losing like you know like last (laughs) week like i can't lose eight hundred dollars a week you know what i'm saying last week i lost like 750 bucks i i can't do that every week i'm not bringing the cash out story up i'm not i'm not a rich man you know what i'm saying so i'm super conservative that's why i play cash you know uh but i i like seagull a lot seagull is my second favorite play uh in the ak range it's not so it's not like I'm going down a lot. Uh, and, and because I also want some course history. Uh, and if you look at, if you look at Hideki, um, you know, I, I value course history a lot more um, in cash than I do in GPPs. So if you look at uh, Hideki's, what Hideki's chances here the last couple of times, uh, let's when, see. I haven't even seen you play like it since 2012. I've got him never playing it. So how about oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the reason why he's not in my cash line. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's the reason why he has zero course history. He looks uh, so healthy the, though, man, for as far as those injury conversations go, he looked pretty healthy. But oh, I, he I looks fine. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about the injury. The reason why I'm not, I don't have him in cash, is because of the course history. Figa finished runner-up last year, and he made 19 or 20 cuts. Uh, you know, so he hasn't missed a cut since the fall. Yeah. So you know, a high floor, high ceiling. I'll go ahead and take that. When it comes to Decky, uh, I think his floor is probably lower. Than Thigala. Uh when it comes down, he's never played the course before. 
So, you know, that's something to take into account on a, on a course where course history is important. Yeah, Who do you I, like in the bottom 7K range? But bottom 7K, I'm with you on some of the guys. Rye, finally, you know, I always play him. He finally came out last time, was solid for me, so I don't mind going back there. Aberg, take another shot on him. I'll get right back to it. Don't care. Just going to play him right now while he's cheap enough. He's a guy that I would definitely see to be more in the future. Uh, K.H. Lee, I like there. Eckrode is a, a guy I bet, like everybody, at 200. Some got 250. Some got 180, 150 with certain places. But like you said, there, there's other guys around him. That's the thing. If he gets super popular. It's not just because of the ownership. It's when you have all these names around that to me are the same, like Brillo just won a tournament. He's fine. He, he's at 7,300. Justin like, Suh. So another guy who just makes a shit ton of cuts. He's all the guys wild, we said yeah. above that range, Gary Woodland is a guy I like. What about Eric above. Cole playing his 275th week in a row? Yeah. I, I wasn't even on him last week. I, I don't even know. Uh, I think he, he was fine. I guess. What'd he finish? A top 40, I think. 39th. Yeah. Hey, it reminds me like last week with Sam Bennett. Everyone victory lapping Sam Bennett after two days, and then what happened? See ya, 43rd or something like that. Again, shaved his beard off or his little unit he had on his chin, and then gone. So that's okay. We'll keep doing these things, but that, that's my take on that stuff. So Eric Cole, great guy, good golfer. This could be a spot for him. Too many names around him, especially if he, if he picks up steam there. Uh, Putnam, I'll play at 7,200. Brandon Wu, 7,100. Don't mind him. I was like a little Will Gordon. Again, maybe maybe not the best setup, but I'll, I'll go to him. I, I like him here. Oh, Sam Bennett's here again. Can't wait for Wednesday to talk to Mayo about this one. I'll have zero Sam Bennett again at 7K. That's no problem. And then, man, Joey B. Bramlett. I always play a little bit of him, but I don't know. Not too many here that I'm making the case for. And the 6K range doesn't get that much better, really. Kenny, anybody else in this There's a couple of guys. I mean, in the 6K there range. Is. See yeah, me, yeah, Doug. I mean, uh, okay. Uh, Seaweed Doug, uh, yep. probably my favorite play down here. Uh, irons have been fucking incredible. Uh, three straight, uh, two straight top 20s, three straight top 30s. Probably the best three tournament stretch of his young career. Uh, coming in at 1,600, I'll take that risk, especially how good his iron play has been. Uh, give me give me some Douglas Gim uh, down there. Once again, Gim is also Kim. It's just in Korean, there is no hard K. So when, when Korean people move to America, we change our name to Kim. He, when his parents moved to America, they kept the OG name. They kept the OG, triple OG name, and I kept it as Gim. Uh, so same last name as me, basically. Spelled the same way in Korean. Uh, so I, I like Stevie Doug Chesticle Reavy. I mean, Chesticles, you got you to go with him. The guy won this event three years ago. He loves this course. He hasn't been playing horrible golf. Uh, 6,700. I mean, I'm thinking about going him and then somebody else, maybe like... Uh, Henley or uh, or somebody in that upper 7K range, uh, you know, to fill out the rest of my lineups. Right now I have Henley and Reavy. I don't know if that's what it's going to be. Those are the two I just put in uh, first look, and now which I should probably do because last week my first look was uh, Rory, no, was Reed and Ricky for to fill out the last two spots of my cast lineup last week. Right. Uh, and so I ended up fading Ricky because of ownership. Oh, fucking idiot. And then uh, I ended up keeping Reed. Um, and I went Mito. I went Mito and Reed. So uh, that fucked me in cash. I, I had a chance if one of those guys, even with 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 Rose and Scott missing the cut and Rose was, I don't know, out of the blue. Scott, not 
so crazy of a missed cut, but Rose, I did not see that coming. Uh, he almost made he almost made the cut on on Friday. I was watching him. He got to like three under, uh, you know, and need a three over. Needed to get one more birdie to make the cut. He made it. We were doing it live on the round two showdown show on the Mayo Media Network right here. And yeah. oh, he did it. get the two. Got yeah, to yeah, it, yeah. And then, fell and then he dropped back. We, yeah, we were watching yeah. it live. I was like, damn, we yeah. almost got there, man. Yeah, but uh, I, I, so the guys I like, I like Doug Gim. Um, I like uh, Mark Hubbard. I like Ches Reevy. Nick Hardy, you know, had a pretty decent showing last week at the U.S. Open. Has a, has a, you know, a team win under his belt when it comes to stacks. Uh, you know, pretty good iron play. Uh, pretty uh, well above average all the way around. Uh, and then you got Ben Martin, who's going to be the stat darling uh, down here. I don't know if I'm going to play him. Uh, but he is a stat darling down at 6,700. Uh, maybe a little bit of David Lipsky. Uh, again, well above average in everything I'm looking for. Uh, this week at 6,500, probably the ownership. Who do you like in a 6K range? There's there's some guys here. I mean, you could definitely play up at the top. A bunch that you mentioned are, are ones that I'll take shots on. Like in 6,900, to me, they're just the same as the guys above. So Doug Gim, who you mentioned, Lee Hodges. I like JJ Spawn, Alex Smalley, all four of those guys. And I think Hubbard actually might be the most popular, but again, I like all the guys around him. So I'm okay with that. Joe Bornson, don't forget last year, fourth here. He's a guy that showed up. You want to play a guy that's, uh, you know, we're talking Bennett, Aberg, all those guys. Another guy I'll get to at the bottom, the, uh, the bear off special that we'll bring up friend of the pod, obviously bear off, you know, fills in for us and helps us out. He gave me one today that I'll talk about in a minute. I like your Nick Hardy call. Ches Reeby. I don't know why I bet it at 400 to one with five places or whatever, but uh, I got the T40 heavy again because it worked for me last time. And I don't know what his number will be, but I saw they announced him for the Barracuda again, which he won last year. And on a certain site, they had him at 66 to one. So I took it because I think it'll be way less because it's like you can bet the guy that won it the year before. It's probably about a fair number. I just still wanted to get it just in case they pulled it or he does something more before that. Obviously, a past winner here, different field strength, but still. Uh, Dylan Wu, he was kind of showing up for a minute there. I just was trying to see how he actually finished in the end. 32nd, so not the worst. He was 6,400 last week. Price barely changed. Makes and, a lot of cuts. Yeah, I think he plays fine. David Lipsky, another guy there. But uh, I won't remember it all, but Benjamin Baroff James, I'm going to call him. Benjamin James, 6,100, local guy. Played in the field last year. They gave him a sponsor's exemption because of this. Good amateur, everything like that. He he went 72 and 69 to just miss the cut last year. He's $6,100. Baroff was telling me he's he's done very well recently in his play. Different field strength. I get it. But we're talking about a $6,100 guy. And I believe he's either, like I think he's the teammate or best friend of Ricky Castillo, who's the, the most recent guy to go out on the Corn Ferry Tour and win in his first Pro start. We had DDC, back back. ADDC. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, two two times on top of Rose's thing, Rosang, and then you had ADDC. He who was also in the mix this past week, and then this guy Castillo goes on to get the job done. And I believe Benjamin James is teammates with him. I'd have to double check that again. Bringing up stuff. Baroff knows this stuff way better than I do, but I thought it was a good point uh, that he made from Narrative Street at least to bring it up. And actually, the odds are tipped a little in his favor. I've already dropped some, so at least some people are interested in this. Maybe it's a better just to make the cut or a top 40, of course. But if you're going to bet him top 40, I think you just play him in DraftKings at 6,100. So give him a shot, Benjamin James. There's also a lot of course history guys in that 6,200 range. I'm not going to play any of these probably, 
but you know, Adam Long, Kevin Kisner, Ryan Moore, Kevin Tway, all at 6,200, all with really, really good course history here. But again, like you said, Tambo, a lot weaker fields throughout the, the, the way this has gone. But sometimes um, they so, can just find that spark, right? You're right. Mm-hmm. I actually don't mind the Ryan Moore call, and he pops in the stats quite a bit too. So uh, he would well, be a double the, down. You know, he's the best iron player from 150 to 175 in this field in the last 50 rounds. And where did uh, he just so, play well at? Didn't he just play well at a tournament? Yeah. So, I mean, that, maybe that's someone to look at down there. But those four guys, all being around the same price is pretty funny. Just because when you look at their course history, they're all pretty damn good. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get to any of them, but if you're looking for somebody at like $200, uh, course history might not be the worst way to go about it. Ryan Moore, right. 20, 25th at the RBC Canadian Open just two weeks ago. Last event he played was the yeah. RBC Canadian Open. He, he basically shot the same as Sam Bennett there. So he's Sam Bennett for 800 bucks cheaper. Yep. All right. <laughs> so bets for this week. I'm starting off. Colin Morikawa, 25 to 1. Fleetwood, 33 to 1. Decky, 35 to 1. Tom Kim, 50 to 1. And then um, Austin Eckro, 150 to 1, but eight places each way. All right. So far, I got all bombs. You may have sold me on like a Decky or a Kawa. I got to go look at one of these guys, but for, or maybe even Tom, actually. But um, all bombs. Jaeger. 140, Smalley, 150, Spawn, 150, Lee Hodges, 200, Ekro, 200, and Reavy, 400, all with five or eight places, depending on the guy. I don't need to list it for each one, but they're all each way with five to eight places. Gives me lots of room to put a hammer down. You know what I considered? I don't know if it's still up. One site had Rom, I think, at 11 to 1 today. Yeah, still got it. Man, That that's the one I would consider. I know Scheffler's yeah. right there, probably does it, but Rom at 11? That could just be just jam the rest in and you're good. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? just be done. I, I don't hate those plays anymore because these guys are the guy, these elite guys just, uh, they're always in contention. And they, and they know? even I, the 20 to 40 range out so much now. That yeah. like might be the only good thing. We still haven't talked about this topic much because again, we we're waiting for more news. But if they do get this thing going back where the live guys come back together with the PGA guys eventually, that would be like the the one difference that you would still add in I don't know. They would just probably jam more guys in there, but that's definitely been a, a bit of a casualty of things where you see now from 20 to 40 is like 20 guys that they just yeah. say they're all the same. And it's like, well, that's oh. just not how it used. You never used to see it that way. Mm-hmm. And we would get more of a Delta b- between the board. So it's fine. But just in general, I, I did notice that. So Rom being at 11 has my interest. I'll just say that go from there. Uh, one and done. It's going to be Thiegler or Decky for me right now. I have Thiegler because I, f- I feel like I can use Decky again later. But Decky's my favorite play, but I do love Fiegel. It's going to be one of those two. Yeah, I just think use who you got. Like, are you down to that? We're getting that. What, what are we down to here? We got the, okay, the Rocket Mortgage, the John Deere, the Scottish. Then we got the Open. Then the 3M. Like, we're just running out of steam here, right? And some of those guys you're not, are not even going to be playing in all of those events. And then you go right into the Wyndham and the playoffs. So, for me, use what you got. I, I like the guys you said. If you have those available, Fowler. If you haven't used him yet, I honestly don't think this is going to be like heartbreak city for foul after last week. I just think he, the way he talked about it, it is what it is. It happens. I think you can win. Yeah. I, I think you can win. He's still playing so good that that's my yeah. point is that I just don't see it as that. And again, you know, no. well, you could say the same thing about Rory, but I, I, I do think, I remember they said at the open last year that he like, you know, did all his interviews and then they saw him 
crying as he went into his car with his wife and I didn't understand it. Like it's tough. Sucks to come second and be right there and have a, you know, such a close call. So whatever, but I'm saying Ricky like, out there after blowing it, just signing fucking autographs. Killing, man. Like, that yeah, guy is fucking incredible, man. I mean, like, I guess to him like, too, no. he's, he's went through it so many times that he's just like, all right, another one did not go my yeah, way. Another one, man, I'm going to continue to his, grind. Yeah. yeah let me make these fucking kids happy. You know what I mean? That's, not, not many people think like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, Rory, like Ron would be breaking shit. You know what I'm saying? Hatton would be breaking shit. This motherfucker goes out there, plays the worst round of the week, should have won, should have had his first major. And instead of like being all depressed and dour, and he goes to the kid's place and signs all the fucking autographs. What a guy. What unless, a guy. He's like, unless he's the best actor ever, which I highly doubt. He is literally like the, in a, in a way, the modern day Arnold Palmer of like truly caring, just wanting yeah. to do what's best for the game grow it as much as possible. And he means it. And he didn't take the, if live he, money. I think it would have been bigger for the game. If he won this past week than Rory, it would have been if, if Ricky won. Yeah. If Ricky won the U S open, it would be bigger for the game. It would be more helpful for the game than Rory. You know, it, you would see all these kids, all these eight year olds decking out in the orange and the Puma shit. I mean, I like, like, you know, you would see that again. Like you would see, it would be amazing. Rory's uh, thing is definitely, I know we're ranting at the end of the pod, but still Rory's thing is more the media and the, and the critics for sure. Why? Why? Cause the guy came out with four in his first 25 or whatever, and now hasn't done shit since. And he's been so close. Not say done shit. Rory's incredible. Do you think he wins another, do you think he wins a major? For sure. Another major. Yes, not even I close. do too. But I'm I saying, do too. And I think he wins one in about six weeks. Yeah, I think he but, wins one in about five weeks. Okay, we'll get to that. But all I would say is the Ricky thing is crazy. Is that like you just said? It, it sounds crazy because it's already happened before. We've seen adults rocking the gear. Myself, I wore Ricky's gear in the past. I got cheered for the guy. I thought it was incredible. And if he came out and did this and won this major, or if he ever does, or whatever it is, it is big because there's people right now that don't even know Ricky is back. I know it sounds like we yeah. all listening to this. Like, what do you mean? We all know he's been playing yeah. golf. I'm saying, but if he had a one that it would be no question he's back. It would have been on every TV screen. It already was for the whole week. I'm talking about like the winning of the major. It'd be, it'd be like a whole round trip of like throw a damn prey, do everything. Like it's like a big, huge thing because it would have just been huge for, for him, for the game, for finally getting it done. All these factors. Rory right. is got, just to appease the media. Rory's to appease yeah. the critics of not yeah. coming through. It's, there's yeah. no kids going finally. They don't even know Rory had four majors. In the I mean, like probably, kids in like Ireland and Great Britain probably. Sure. But yes. like, you know, you know. But the thing is, like, Ricky, Rory is still, Rory's, I would say, the most popular golfer in the world, yeah. even in America. Yeah. You he's know, very, he's I, very popular. I, he's but, very but, good. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, there's just some things I just don't like about him. Um, you know, it was when it comes down to him. But I, you know, I, I feel bad for him now uh, because, he, I mean, basically, he got fucking bitch slapped by Mount Hand and everything and to go through what he had to do for the last year and be the spokesman uh, for this shit and then have everyone above you just basically slap you in the face you know for all the shit that you said for the last year with zero notice that's just some disrespectful ass shit and I I think maybe now Ricky is just sick and tired of not Ricky Rory's just sick and tired of he's like fuck it I'm just going to go out there and fucking play golf. Fuck this bullshit. I don't want to be the goddamn face of this shit when our leaders are fucking lying to us straight to our fucking face. Yeah. Um, uh, so maybe this thing is like exactly like this whole live, you know, PGA merge thing is like exactly what Rory needs, you know, to just not be that guy anymore. Be like, John, Rom, you take the shit over. This is you now. 
You know what I'm saying? Do something like that. You know, and just just go out there and focus on the game. Uh, well, I mean, Ron could be in Valderrama in a week. Uh, you, you know, this, uh, reminded me though, not to off, we're trying to get out of here, but Rom, did you hear his comments as well? He also said something very interesting before this tournament started, the U.S. Open. Something like the PGA Tour has been good to me, and no matter what happens in the it future, it sounded like he's leaving. It, it sounded like it sounded like it like sounded like he's gone if they let him go. Shit, man! Yeah, it sounds no, like I yeah. mean, Valderrama's in Spain next week. What if Rom wins this week? And he's like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I don't know. He, he's my, definitely he's me, not happy about my stuff. He's not happy dollars. about the Ryder Cup stuff. He's really pissed off. Yeah. And honestly, well, you mentioned at the start of the season about the chip on the shoulder thing. With and do you think they're not going to let him on the team? Fuck no. They're going to let him on the team. This That's is going to get I mean. all those heroes back. If yeah. he leaves, if he leaves and goes to live next week for, at Valderrama and collects his $200, 250000000 million from Liv, okay, and, 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 and probably not that much because they don't, they, from what I hear, they only have everything scheduled for one year. I hear next year is guaranteed, but that's not even, we don't, we don't even know. We don't even know. There's too much uh, up in but, the air to know how yeah. it shake out, but I hear But if he saying. if he goes over there, you know they're going to have to take live guys into the Ryder Cup. Without Rom on that Ryder Cup, I mean, their chances are slim right now. Uh, but, you know, in Europe, much better. I'd say 50-50 instead of maybe the 75-25 it was, you know, last time. And even I thought the Euros were still going to win last time just because of the history. Uh, but it looks like that's not you know, the truth anymore. The, the Americans just more dominant. But if you take away Rom, I mean, they were, it's a crappy-ass team. Like, they, they probably couldn't even beat the President's Cup team. I'm excited. I love Ryder Cup. I love President's Cup. I love all this team atmosphere. We're going to be at President's Cup next year. Ryder Cup would be incredible. That's bucket list for sure. This would have been a good one to go to. But any, anything yeah. else, Kenny? Little, before little we, Italy. Little let let Italy. him know where to find you at. Let him know where to find you. We got to get find out Find me here. on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership to Gup's Corner. You know why I'm so talkative right now? Because I ate an edible like 20 minutes ago. Knew it. 30 minutes Knew ago. Knew it was something. Now we're going to find that's out probably, probably an hour from now that it was LSD or something, and he's going to be texting no, no, no. you. That this is my own batch. Okay. <laughs> this is my we're own batch. We're safe, guys. All right, you can find me on Twitter, at Totec and Tambo. Hit me up there if you have any questions. The tidbits will be out on Wednesday. As I was talking earlier, somebody took the tidbits last week and won $7,500. So it's a free resource. It's all the best creators around the industry that I can find each week. Take the tidbits, create them together, put them all in one place. It's free every week, no charge. Check it out on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. And then, of course, shipitnation.com co-founded the site with my guy Hoop. Things have been going great. We just passed our one-month anniversary. Check it out, shipitnation.com. It's got the six major sports right now because we just added MMA, all the other big leagues. You can check it out there. Projections, tools, content, everything you need to have success with DFS. On to you, Kenny. Take us home. The week after a major doesn't fucking matter. Let's win some motherfucking money. DGen Nation. Getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Second penny stock.